It's Guild Ball Tonight, your independent source for Guild Ball news, information, and conversation. Episode 42 for July 18th, 2016. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Guild Ball Tonight podcast. Now, I am your recently returned from vacation host, Phil, and... Uh, joining me tonight is our co-host Bill. How are you doing, Bill? I'm doing well. You made it back. I did make it back. You know, summer is the worst time to to have a podcast. It's there are so many little things that just get in the way of schedules in the summer. So I am I am thankful to anybody who is patient with us this time of year, and uh, just glad that. We're still making these shows on the other side of long trips through Appalachia. So Yeah, I would love to say I was sitting at the microphone patiently waiting to record a show. Yeah. But that would be untrue. <laughs> yes, you found better things to do. I wouldn't even say better things. It's just not like better I've been things. any less busy oh, as exactly. I've run up and down the East Coast at least twice so far. Exactly, exactly. So. so yeah, I've uh, most of the last two weeks I was I was on the road, and our schedule is all all fouled up. And with Gen Con coming up in two and a half weeks, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But we will do our best to to bring you all the news that's fit to uh, to speak. And a fair amount that isn't, and, and most mostly stuff that isn't when when we can, and one day soon it won't be summer, and we we should be able to fall back into uh, fall back into our nice tidy schedule that we used to be so good at keeping. So, what are we going to talk about on uh, on tonight's show? Well. I think that the the news segment is going to be dominated by the the two big events coming up, that being Gen Con, as we just mentioned, and the freshly announced Steam Con in November. So we will we will lay out what we know about those and uh talk about the the events leading up to and inclusive of those and then we are going to have an interview that Bill did uh, in his copious uh, being at home time in <laughs> over the last two weeks there you go uh, covering some some very uh, so, so, some very technical tactics for with the engineers and ballista-led engineers oh, yeah. specifically with East all Coast we, uh, veteran yeah. Jan. All we need to say, yeah, Devil Squid. All we need to say is, Mike, that one is for you. Okay, good. <laughs> we pay our debts. So, uh, and then after that, we should be uh, we should be answering some of our some of our non Pokemon Go related Twitter questions. I. Uh, I know that uh, everybody's crazy about the uh, <laughs> about that game, but uh, we're not the right podcast to be asking questions about it. So, 
go find somebody who uh, is playing the game and ask them questions. So uh, let's go ahead and get the get the show on to uh, back onto the rails and uh, headed towards the station. So. All right, so first comes first, we've got Gen Con coming up in, what, two and a half weeks? We so, do, we do. I've got some, I've got some packing to do, I think. The uh, Gen Con is looking to be a, a very, a very cool event. Of course, we've got the, uh, the, the real standout there is, of course, the, the U.S. Championships and qualifier for the SteamCon event. Uh assuming uh, any of you can pry it away from Bill. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Listen. I take my uh my 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 training and all of my strategy and and guidance from uh Nancy Kerrigan. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I have this a club. Kids ask your parents who Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan was. Yeah. yeah, and again, the worst part, everybody's going to know the know the joke now because, uh, you know, yeah. uh, she was the one that actually got her knee broken. Yeah, yeah. So. No. What the, who was it? Yeah, Tanya? No, it was Tanya Harding was the one who arranged for the knee breaking. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, again, kids ask your parents who Tanya <laughs> Harding <laughs> was. Exactly. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so they've, uh, they've still got some, uh, they've still got a few places left on what on Friday uh, on, and I, Thursday I got it up right here. Uh, Mr. Mr. Perkins loves, uh, tweeting this out. So we got 13 as of recording, we have 13 slots open on Saturday yeah. uh, for qualifier slots. Right. Uh, we have, so there's six, what there's, there's four or six qualifiers. There is one, two, three. There's three qualifiers. Three qualifiers, okay. But one of those, I think, is. I don't know if they're running a dual qualifier that day or not. Okay. Um, hold on. I will. Uh, yeah. So it's a it's a double bracket on Saturday. Okay. So there were 64 total slots, and uh, there are 13 left on Saturday. Okay. Um, on uh, Friday, completely sold out. Yeah. And then on Thursday, there's six slots. Okay. So, so so some opportunity, but still likely to be still very likely to fill up if you're not uh, if you're not getting on those before the day of the event. So now I will say this: if you have extra tickets and there's a qualifier you wanted to get into, it's probably a good idea to swing by at you know nine thirty a.m. Mm-hmm. And uh, considering the events start at 10, hold on to your generic tickets and you uh, being run like most anything else at Gen Con, you probably can fill open slots right on right. the day. Yeah, uh, that, that is excellent advice uh, from someone who has been to Gen Con, <laughs> which is why I rely on you to give excellent advice from somebody who's been to Gen Con. Now, what I would prefer, though, is if everybody takes those generic tickets and just hangs out on the Saturday, because that yeah. way they're all exhausted by the time the finals start at 6 p.m. on Saturday. Right. right. And, uh, you know, we'll just smooth the way uh, smooth the way to Bill's ticket to London. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So we've got that going on. And then uh, in addition to the 
the tournaments, of course, there will be uh, a booth, and we do know that that booth will feature a few, a few interesting purchases. You know, we we can expect the the uh, limited edition Flint, which should be appearing at all 2016 events, and uh, we have been told to expect some mascot availability in uh at gen con which uh, should be exciting you know we're yep. all we're all waiting some of us uh some of us are getting a little impatient for that armadillo because i need my armadillo but i don't think it's coming with an actual beer bottle uh, i'll make one i've got the I, skills that i believe you will <laughs> uh kids ask your parents about the 80s in texas um so i've told that story right yeah i've told that story I don't, need, I don't need to tell that story again uh so we uh we've got that and then on top of all that there will be a another limited edition figure and this is uh news that has come out since the last time we we spoke so that would have been what like january um that well, I, like, I, I like the fact that they're releasing a limited edition figure that in casual games will be able to play right probably at least through the end of the year probably into the beginning of next year for every team right yet they didn't want to nerf this character so they didn't make it union ah <laughs> <sighs> oh, bell 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 <laughs> at least you're consistent so yes. So yeah, uh, so we'll get to that aspect of it. But you know, as as everybody should know at this point, one of the new guilds coming in season three is going to be the farmers, and we're all very excited about that one. I'm sure I know I am. So you know, being a city boy, uh, very excited about the farmers. You know, we I, yeah, never mind. I was going I was going to diverge into a complete tangent about tractor pulls and uh my inability to identify what a tractor pull was but we don't need to go there so anyway so so there's the farmer guild is coming you may have gone there enough already <laughs> uh, that, that, that's that, my, that may have been enough of a that is uh, all the yeah. story anybody needs <laughs> is that i have no idea what a tractor pull actually is so 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 you know phil i am noticing here yeah tater is an awfully pretty man he is a very pretty man, and that is the that is the model in question. So, uh, I believe it's going to be a limited edition version of Tater as well. So, uh, not the retail release of the figure, although uh, I guess the, the the card should be what the uh, the card is. Right. But it will be a nice pickup to have the. The limited edition sculpt if you're able to get it and now as bill said previously you know uh, a player one player from a guild does not a playable player make so what steamforged is encouraging us all to do is to use him in our casual games he won't right. be a tournament model but to use him in our casual and uh big league campaign games until the farmer team is released and uh this is going to be a character who is able to fully use the the farmer's uh 
Well, what is it they say? Reap and um, sow mechanics. That, uh, we're we're make not we guild ball tonight, but uh, I mean it should be. So you know what? I'm going to take this one. <laughs> we we're making him a little self sufficient, so he'll be able to both plant and reap harvest right. tokens right. himself. So you can get a feel for what the farmers can do on the field. Right. And and as Bill as Bill said, he does appear to be the second most handsome man in Gilbo. Uh, <laughs> so. I, I think I think Flint is going to be a little torn between being jealous and, um, and well, wanting to take up a farmer's life. Yes, deeply attracted. <laughs> so they, uh, yeah. So that 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 should be fun and something to look forward to having a uh, having some completely new mechanics to to play around with, which was of course the. Probably the aspect of the hunters release that was that was most fun for me was just having some some new some new toys and some new mechanics to go with them. So uh, the the farmer should provide that as well, and we'll see what comes of the uh, heretofore unspoken uh, other guilds in season two. Yeah. Or no, not season two, season three. Come on, season catch three. up. Catch up. We're at season three already. Holy moly! Well, we still got a lot of season two models coming. Yeah, I mean, true. We we got you know a half of a season left, so uh, it's a little less. I guess that there are five groups of models, right? You've got um, we had new players, new captains, new mascots, veterans. Oh, maybe there's four groups of players. So yeah, we're halfway there. We are halfway yeah. there. I was thinking there was a fifth. No, there's not a fifth group. I guess I was thinking of hunters as the fifth group. Oh, and a new team. And the new team. Uh, I, I can see that. Okay, that's fair. So, so in that case, we're three fifths of the mm-hmm. way there. Yeah. So. So yeah. So we are. Uh, but with the with the mascot release on the in the near term, uh, we'll get even closer to being done with season two and into the into season three and i think you know there's something about just being able to say season three right i mean like that (laughs) the game like i i feel like once we get in there we're able to really say oh well this is season three you know three years of guild ball i think that's gonna be the point where it's not a new game anymore right i mean that's that's kind of that's gonna be when we can start like treating this as like a a middle-aged game i think (laughs) i I can honestly say i think we should come back and talk about that as a topic because i I think there's actually a lot to dig into there possibly possibly and probably uh, a better topic for season three (laughs) as we get closer exactly exactly so all right groovy so yeah so if you are in indianapolis uh and i i assume that uh, if you're in Indianapolis, you it's because you're going to be at Gen Con. Hey, that's not true. There's an entire Guild Ball community in Indianapolis. And uh, I will tell you, if it wasn't for the fact that my wife and daughter and I were all going to be there for an entire week already, and I'm already ch- unable to figure out how to fit my wife and daughter's luggage into the car <laughs> to go to Gen Con, I would be headed out there early to... Uh, try to uh, try to join the uh geez what's the name of the tournament the indianapolis crew is actually having a tournament on the 30th the saturday before gen con wow. how fantastic is that's that like for a, people uh, trying to get their last minute the, the uh, last little bit of practice sure that's good yeah. that's a good idea so 
and I would be there. I'll be there in spirit, and yeah. then there physically, you know, three days later. All right, fair enough. Hey, Phil, when do you get into Gen Con? I get into Gen Con on Thursday. I am doing uh, Thursday through Sunday uh, myself, and I should be I should be spending lots of time at the booth and at the at the tournaments. So. For any listeners who want to come and say hi to me or come and berate me for any of my various sins, uh, you can do so at Gen Con. I will be the giant. Now, the question is, do (laughs) they have to walk slow or talk slow when they get near you? (laughs) Because I I am absolutely putting the rule down that when they get to me, they must be frenetic and have had at least two Red Bulls. (laughs) Well, better you than me, man. <laughs> I don't want to deal with people like that. I, I prefer I prefer the calm ones. Why don't okay? So why don't we have the frenetic, angry people go talk to Bill? He will probably be uh, at, at the tournament, and the the happy, uh, laid back people come talk to me. I will be at the booth. So uh, we, yeah, we actually get in. I'll be there with Geek Nation tours. We get in uh, Tuesday, and we'll be there oh, through. You're like yeah, a lifer. So, like I got all sorts of. I like if, if there's. I'm going to be doing board games the two days before Gen Con, but I'm sure I will have time if other people are in town early and want to grab a game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm. This is. This is going to be nice. Yeah, just, phone just is going to be tweet shut off. Bill, and uh, he will. He will let you know if he is available for a game. Yeah, yeah. So we, uh, yeah. So I am definitely looking forward to it. You know, I've, I, uh, I've not been to Gen Con before, and I've always wanted to go. So this is definitely one to, uh, to, to knock off my list. And then I think next year I will probably be looking at uh, trying to make sure Adepticon happens because that one also yes. seems to be. Now, do you know what team you're going to be bringing, or are you just uh, bringing microphone and dice to give away? <laughs> I'm sure I'll have a team. Because <laughs> I'll be bringing one for you if you don't. Okay, so. well, you know. <laughs> but then you're stuck playing. History my... History suggests that I will I will be playing a mean game of standing around talking to people. <laughs> uh, we'll get you into some games. Uh, that's what I'm afraid of. So, so uh so that's the other thing we um I, we will have guild ball tonight dice yes now yeah. phil i, I, I of course am leaving your portion of those dice to you to figure out how to give away yeah. i of course will be giving guild ball dice away to people who actually engage me in a game of guild ball <laughs> so you gotta you gotta pay to play no, 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 no! I you're I'm paying, paying them. <laughs> them to play exactly. Right. So, so I will have dice with me though, and uh, you know, yeah, uh, I'm I'm easy, but that's that's just what they say. Uh, so that's yeah, why we're a good pair. Cheap, cheap, cheap date. Give me, uh, give me like one, you know, one Moscow Mule, and you can get a dozen dice out of me any day. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so good times, uh, I hope and I expect. So that's our, that's our Gen Con prospectus. So then, uh, just in the last few days, we have finally gotten final details for SteamCon, which, 
you know, uh, some of us know has been in the works for ages. Yeah. But uh, they have finally, finally, uh, you know, crossed all the I's and dotted all the T's and decided that the time is right to make the announcement. You know, we knew it was coming because of the because of the tie-in with all the national championships. Oh, and they had a link on their website. And there was a link on the website. That said, coming soon. Yeah. Now, now, it does not say that. It does not say that. It says, uh, you know, buy tickets. So <laughs> that does. So SteamCon is November 25th through 27th, 2016. You can celebrate Thanksgiving in England with <laughs> SteamForge Games. No, I uh, know. Kids ask I mean, your parents what Thanksgiving is. Yeah, well, you know, British kids ask your yeah. you know British kids ask your parents what Thanksgiving <laughs> ask is. Your parents what Thanksgiving is. Um, boy, that could come out really bad. That could that come out really like the bad. The Brits are not yeah. thankful. Yeah. So, um, yeah, whatever. Uh, so, so, Phil, will they have a turkey sandwich for me? Will they have a turkey? I don't sauce? know if they're going to have a turkey sandwich with stuffing and cranberry sauce. If they don't. Um, we may have perhaps to they'll have something again. made with blood. I don't. I don't know how this works. It's there's 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 terribly scary things that Chris Rudder has told me about them eating on a regular basis, mostly involving fried food or congealed food. So we'll see which one is available at the time. Uh, so it's uh, yeah. So it's Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, <laughs> if that means anything to you. So, so what do we know, Phil? What do we, what know, do we know other than the other than the fact that I'm trying my best to offend one nation at a time? <laughs> uh, I'm glad I don't have those limitations. <laughs> what we know is that it is at the Heatingly Experience in Leeds, which turns out to be a rugby and cricket venue. For for those of you who uh, are not familiar with leads venues i actually looked this up because i was i was wondering uh why there was a rhinoceros lying on the bed in the i just thought that was matt Uh, it it may well be but uh so they've got that so they've got the the fields and it turns out a convention center as well and i assume that we will be in the convention center and not in the middle of a cricket match Although I may bring a sweater vest just in case. Uh, and the pre-release tickets went on sale uh, today, which was Monday, and not the day you get this podcast, which will probably be Tuesday, at which right. point we can say they went on sale yesterday. Now, of course, they have a they have a pre uh, or an early sale discount i think was 45 pounds and then the tickets go up to 50 pounds for the weekend and then uh from what i hear the on-site hotel upgrade which was available uh was available but may have sold out so ask ask around for other accommodation information uh preferably somebody from leeds who knows where Leeds is on a map because uh it might not be me um i guess it's in the google, middle somewhere. google earth is your friend it's in the middle i think um right it's the middle top it's, it's in the, the middle it's top. in the middle top. okay good 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 
Um, you can go to Manchester. Are they still? Part. Is it still in the EU? I don't know. So, uh, as far as what they're going to do, it sounds like it's going to be a really fun weekend. So, not only will it play host to the Gilball World Championship Finals, which will pit the regional winners from all of these tournaments, like Gen Con, which are. Uh, getting uh getting births to this uh most prestigious of championships but they are going to have two last chance qualifiers to get into the world championship which apparently are a golden goal and last man standing format uh, i expect we shall see more information on those events as the event comes closer uh, they are going considering to... it's near rugby, I'm hoping they're particularly violent. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I don't I don't want to see anybody get hurt over any of this, you know. So uh they're gonna have uh they're gonna have keynotes with Matt and Rich, as well they should. And uh various different Q and A's with uh designers and sculptors and uh painters and and all the rest they're going to have uh, of course they're going to be doing lots of dark souls things as well as lots of guild ball things uh they are going to have uh a meg maples painting master class there's going to be a uh a sculpting demonstration there's going to be uh uh, fun, uh, you know, fun game playing events using some of the new disorganized play rules. There's going to be a, a painting competition. There's going to be uh, another painting competition where you just paint something quickly. Uh, they're they're doing a couple of really interesting uh, things. They're going to be doing a Kraken's Den where you get to pitch your game ideas to uh, Matt and Rich, which uh, should be interesting. I'll definitely. I'll definitely uh, want to hear all about the suggestions for that. Yeah, I think that's going to be very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing a 24-hour uh, big league event. That should be that should be something. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I would want to stay up all night uh, with everything else going on. But for those with the stamina, and I do know a few people who have proven to have the stamina to go all night and still play a. Uh, and still play a guild ball game the next and day. And I know some people who don't have the stamina yeah. to go all night and play guild ball well. <laughs> <laughs> Case in point. So yeah, and then uh, they even said that there'll be some limited edition sculpts for yep. the event. So I think I think I will have some standing orders in uh, with uh, my usual suspects when it comes to that. So Phil, we should um, we should mention, and I, I dug through my notes here. I actually have notes for this. Can you believe that? Um, almost prepared. So uh, Mr. Jordan Murphy, who won the Canadian uh, national finals, mm-hmm. is already on. Well, I don't know if he's on his way now, but we'll be <laughs> winging his way over there. Perhaps he's taking the boat. Yes. Uh, so August fourth, seventh at Gen Con, we've already mentioned is the U.S. Championship. Uh, that'll be Saturday night, and then the final rounds will be on Sunday of Gen Con. Right. The German Championship is in Limburg, Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't there a cheese named after that? Um, Munster. I don't know. But Havarti. Like, I don't know, Limburg. 
Nah. Right, it's at. I think this says RatCon or RALCon or it's at a con on August twenty seventh. So that'll be Germany. It says RATCon. Um, in Limburg, Germany. Yeah. Uh, we have the Australian Championship, which is in Brisbane, taking place at the Big Blue on September twenty third and twenty fourth. And then the British Championship, which is no longer part of the EU, will be in Cardiff <laughs> at Firestorm Games on October 8th and 9th. Indeed. Um, nicely bringing up uh, the rear and really locking that in uh, right at the end there is the Irish Championship over in Dublin. And uh, that will be taking place at... Gale Con on October 29th. So those are the other events. Those are your remaining opportunities. Yep. Very So, good. yeah, I mean, simple. Just book a couple of flights around the world. Yeah. Play at each of these events, win one of them, and get a flight to England paid for to go to Steam Con. Or just buy tickets to Steam Con and go win one of those two tickets. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's, uh, were it only the case that everybody who wanted to, to win <laughs> could, I, uh, I just don't entertain any notion that I would actually accomplish that task. So if I'm going to make it there, it is not going to be on the merit of my play. But Phil, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. No, that's New York, Bill. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and I've made it to New York several times, so apparently I can't make it anywhere. Perhaps we should move on. <sighs> well, what are we moving on to? I guess we'll move on to uh, your interview with Jan, right? Um, we should. Before we get to that, I, 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 will, I will shamelessly plug, because I get mm -hmm. to do that at this point. Uh, we've already hit Gen Con. We already hit Steam Con. Um, the Huzzah Fall Brawl. Because uh, I get to do that up here instead yep. of near the end. Right. So, um, Huzzah Fall Brawl. So yeah, these, besides, these... I'll probably forget to re-record that thing at the end anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> October 15th. Uh, I am aiming to, once again, uh, still hold the uh, you know title of largest uh, U.S. tournament for Guild Ball. And yeah. uh, this time, that means I'm going to have to do a lot more work. But uh, there are still tickets left. We're October 15th. We'll be here sooner than people think. Yeah. And it is already shaping up to be quite the event. Uh, we actually anything, have... You ready for this, Phil? What? Since it's going to have to... It's going to be enough people for a two-day event. Mm -hmm. Not only do we have a hotel right next door, there is indoor skydiving within <laughs> five minutes of where the venue is going to be. <laughs> So, is that... <laughs> I just, you know, I, I'm sure I would hurt myself. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just sure I would hurt myself. Uh, yeah. So we actually have a town center right next to where the uh, venue is right. and, uh, amazing food and quite a number of new venues right next door. And, um, uh, but basically... do you have any pokey stops? Um, there is a ready, there is a pokey stop at the event. And if we hit oh. 42 registered players, 
by September, I will make sure a pokey lure is going all day. <laughs> Excellent. How do you like that? Excellent. Uh, but yeah, we have tickets left. Um, it's shaping up to be a great event across the two days. Uh, email email me and look on tiebreak. You know, my, my contact information is on tiebreak, and people can get a hold of me through the show uh, if there's any questions. But um, it's shaping up to be quite quite the event. Uh, prize support yeah. will start. Uh, it's already started coming together, but it's going to really kind of uh, flesh out uh, at the beginning of September. And I'll be locking down. Um, I've already gotten a couple of commitments for you know discounts at restaurants and things like that. So it's uh, it'll be an exciting time. I'm I'm hoping we get a good group yeah. of people. Um, well, you, you know, organize basically. you organize a mean event. So anybody who can get there needs yeah. to go. And uh, I wish I could because I know that the uh, the events up there are are uh, are quality. So. Well, I only do two big events for a year because, well, I simply don't have the energy to do more big events. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, and you know, you need to get your, uh, you need to get your, uh, your practice in. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. So you know, it's you, you can't be rocky without uh, without punching a few uh, sides of beef, right? So, uh, if sure. We, I don't know. It's, it's, that's the closest to a sports metaphor that I can come up with. All right, is is uh, is citing a, a movie that wasn't really about sports. I'm, I'm with you there, though. I, I got I got it. Okay. I got it. Kids, ask your parents who Rocky was. Uh, so uh, so let's yeah. go hear from Yon. Let's go hear from Yon about all about ballista and ways to. Uh, Ways to succeed with Guild Ball's perhaps most maligned uh, big man in the charge. So we will uh, we will see you on the other side of that for uh, for some questions from the peanut gallery, and uh, I suspect that we will not be tightening up the show much on the other side either. So <laughs> we're just having fun. All right. See you soon. Okay, this is Bill, and I am here with Jan. Jan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Bill, and yourself tonight. I am. I am doing very well. I am. I am in my seat at my desk, sitting in the proper alignment for school, because I'm here to get learned about engineers, wow. and you. Not only strike me as a um, schoolmistress, but that just might be the outfit you're wearing. That that's only on uh, special occasions, right? Right. <laughs> but uh, you know, I this goes back. I actually got a recent request, and and I will give a call out to the "Who Cares Who Wins" episode that covered engineers very recently. Uh, this is not an episode to to try to uh, copy them. However, I got a request from a a, uh, a U.S. player at one of the tournaments I was at to dig more in depth and focus on ballista. And unfortunately, I am incapable of doing that because I don't play engineers. So I That's thought like I would. The, the one team you don't play, right? It is the one team I don't play. Yeah, yeah. Um, as you know, so. With that being said, I figured I would reach out to the guy that almost won the bounty, uh, 
I mean, within a game, brokenhearted game. Within a die roll. came <laughs> down to a, a mo- even momentum die roll. Yep. Both teams having severely injured players in terrible positions. And whoever run the, won the die roll would just activate first and maul the last guy at a 10 to 10 score at the, at the, at the die roll. So there, there has never been a game that has come down to exactly that close. With Ballista. With Ballista. With Ballista. With non-union, non-union uh-huh. engineers as well with Ballista and crew. So, so it was it was a hell of a game, and I still blame Jamie for breaking my heart. But <laughs> but kudos it, to Dan as well for winning. Kudos that to Dan for for earning it. Yeah, he was Uh-oh. he was all sorts of uh, uh, well concerned at the beginning of the match. He's like, you know, here you are, have this potential to win this bounty that's been this big thing. He's like, but I want to win too because you know I, I came here to win. I'm like, no, dude, play your game. You know, I, I don't want you to roll over for me just because it's a bounty thing. Although I'll split it with you, but I want you to, you know, have a good game. And it was a damn good game. It was an amazing game. I mean, that was the game where when Maurice and I were both running the tournament, and Maurice had been running around most of the day. That was the game where I looked at Maurice and went, "Okay, you got it now," because I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna judge this game. <laughs> it's like I'm I'm not moving from the side of this tape. So uh so yeah, so Jan, we we wanna know about engineers specifically led by Ballista. Well, um sure. Uh, Ballista is uh actually one of the reasons why I got into engineers. Uh I love the concept of you know, why not bring a crossbow to a soccer game? It, I I can absolutely understand the fascination with that. It's a little scary to me. Yeah, all right. um, but uh, the engineers to me are very much uh, a control team, especially with Ballista. He is very much a board control kind of piece uh, between his character plays, his his legendary, and even his playbook. Um, he's he's really that kind of anchor that sits in the middle half of the board. I like keeping him in that half of the gill balls circle on the uh, map and him and, and the core other two of Salvo and Ratchet, they just sit there and bombard the opposing team while my scorers, you know, go in and try and steal the ball and, and score goals. Now I got to ask, you say he's a control guy. Um, when most people hear that, they think Obulus puppet master, uh, make you move where I want you to move, force you to pass me the ball. What? That's why uh, he's a board control. Okay. Uh, less less control about the specific model manipulation, but more board control because he makes you think twice about where you're going to put something. Because even even just walking, he's got a 13 inch range with his uh, deadbolt. So wherever you put somebody near him, that's why I kind of keep him center center field. Mm-hmm. He's gonna he can potentially just knock somebody down and push him away. And then he's got flurry, so if you try and clump up your guys, you're going to just take a whole bunch of damage. Now, how do you deal with fast BD teams coming in? Well, uh, fast BD teams, you know, Salvo also has a range knockdown. So if it's a BD team like Masons and Brewers that have, you know, those those bountiful three-plus defenses, Salvo is, you know, a, a clutch player for that. Okay. Because... Him bouncing around within four inches of Ballista, you know, you use his uh, 
what is it called, pumped to boost that first shot and knock somebody down. Then you generate a momentum off a ballista. You dodge him an inch into position. You bonus time the next shot, knock somebody else down, dodge an inch into position, generate a momentum, knock the next guy down, dodge an inch away, generate a momentum. So you've knocked down three players, and you've, you're one momentum up. But my favorite sleeper player is Ratchet. Yeah. Because Blasted Earth is the only AoE in the game that affects people if you miss them. <laughs> okay. So let's let's talk about that because uh, we're, so, we're looking at Blasted Earth, right? 10-inch range. We're talking about doing two damage if you hit them and then leaving a rough ground AoE there. Yep. So if you start Ratchet on the front line and you advance him five inches and then you place your AOE the full 10 inches away because of the three inch AOE and the, what is it, like an inch and a half yeah. off the center you get, you will clip the front line of the opposing team. <laughs> so, and with positioning, you could possibly clip two. So if Ratchet goes up and he lobs a grenade. Boom, you hit two people, possibly doing damage. You're automatically slowing them down by two because now they're in rough terrain. So they have to go slower unless they burn momentum. And then you're – that's the second part of the, the engineers is the momentum game. Okay. And, and their control of it. And then if you're in position with Ballista, you're generating momentum. So who does I, – I guess – I mean, that's a great overview of some of the key things that you're looking at with these players. If we step back a little bit, what does your ballista-led engineers team look like? Like, what? Who are your eight, and in which of those are critical? Which of those are not to play with ballista? All right. So, actually, I have a tournament coming up this weekend, but probably by the time of the recording, it'll be the last weekend uh, at Play More Games. Yeah, nice little shout out there. Yeah. And I have I have formulated my crazy eight for uh for that. So it's gonna be Ballista, of course. Uh Mainspring, only because Mother hasn't come out yet, because poor Mainspring is uh It's gonna go away once Mother makes uh, it out. Mother is so good compared to the sad little roach. You know, people people hate on salt, that's because they haven't played Mainspring. Uh, okay, that's fair. But so Listen to spring. Salt doesn't have super shot. <laughs> Great. Now he's a 2-6. <laughs> and I have to actually give him an influence for him to be able to shoot it after that. There. And that, well, and I could I could kvetch about overclocked in, in mainspring too, because that's a terrible combination. Nothing like giving up momentum uh or giving up momentum. No, giving up victory, victory points, points yep. influence, and um, no, not initiative. What's the word I'm looking for? Activation benefit to to your opponent, just you know, on the hope that you blow something up. Sure, in corner cases, there are times you can do a bunch of damage, which I have, and it's hilarious. But it's long term not beneficial, gotcha. in my opinion. All right, so the crazy so, so, so ballista mainspring, ballista and spring, salvo and ratchet. Okay. So Ballista, Salvo, and Ratchet are the core of my, my team. Then I have Velocity and Colossus. And those are the core of my scoring element. The the ball retrieval slash scoring. Okay. Compound. 
who is my swap out for alchemists, uh, fishermen, you know, certain teams that are just, you know, masons with flint and mist. Right. It's like, I need a goalie. You know, maybe, maybe when veteran velocity comes out, I, I, I might swap them out because uh, 100, 100 stance in goal defense. I, I think goal defense is a better passive ability for defense, but we'll have to, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll try that later. Um, then, and it saddens me, Bill. It saddens me to my, my sad <laughs> little purest heart. Decimate as my eighth player. Now, Decimate doesn't sound like an engineer. I mean, I know she can play for the engineers, but she plays on my team, the Union. She does. She is a Union player. Um, in my experiences, the engineer team do not have a good answer to melee. Mm. Like, for example, Shank. Shank is perhaps the the iconic issue with a ballista team because he outranges ballista. He's super fast, super dodgy, and has reach, does a lot of melee damage. And there's really not a whole lot on the engineer team to to try and counter that. Um, I've tried Rage, and he's neat. But overall, um, Decimate brings a lot more to the team in the fact that She's got 1,000 cuts, so if that's in position, I can drop the defense so Ballista can shoot people better. She's got second wind, so if I really wanted to, I could put it on Ballista so as not to waste his influence. She's got a great melee-centric playbook, lots of dodges, so she she can get places. She's like a melee version of Salvo in my eyes, where Salvo's dancing around shooting people, she's dancing around stabbing people. And she's got a 3-6 kick, so times that I put her on the field, you know, I'm knocking people down and getting the ball, she's in position, she dances around, scores a goal. So she has brought a lot of versatility and melee threat to the team in a way that the rest of the engineer players don't have in the way that I want. So I'm I'm noticing some some key models missing there. I mean, you mentioned you have Ratchet, which I don't think I've seen Ratchet on the table in a very long time. Um, I'm not hearing Hoist, who seems to be the the latest love affair for most uh, Engineers players. And, of course, you're going with Ballista over uh, Pinvice. Well, uh, Pinvice, I'll I'll be the first to admit... um... I'm still trying to wrap my head around Pinvice. She is definitely not uh, the style that I attribute to the engineers in the way that I attribute it. Mm-hmm. So I need to I need to not necessarily learn how to play her, but how to play the rest of the team uh, into her. Okay. Um, so yeah, so she's she's very much the she's going to get in there and generate the momentum, and you know then reactivate the Colossus and all these other things. Hoist, I'm a big fan of Hoist. He's a lot of fun, and he is ridiculously hard to kill. But I don't think he generates enough melee presence in a ballista list. Okay. So, so okay. if you're playing, if you're playing keep away slash slow down with uh, the main three, and Hoist is going in there to to get ball velocities faster and you know has close control and higher defense so she can get the ball you know colossus can knock things around so if he had if he had a 
a better playbook, honestly. If he had a or a playbook more in tune with what I uh, uh, want him to do, like if he had a momentous one, even just a push on one momentous, right. you know, oh, I could find tons of things for him because then he's a mealy shifter where he just gets in there and I'm just going to push these guys out of the way or not, you know, push things into position or what have you. Oh, I could find a place for him in a heartbeat. But needing two successes on five tag with an armor in general against your opponent. You know, fishing for the depend. Let me rephrase that. Depending on two successes getting through right. is a lot harder to do with with attack five. If he was attack six, it wouldn't be as big of an issue. And true replication actually irks me on him because I want I, I want to know like a machine. I want to know what my pieces in my machine are going to do. True replication gives you the opportunity to have him do. Almost anything, but you have to kind of adjust on the fly depending on what your opponent brings to the table. Gotcha. gotcha. So if he had a, if he had a different character play, um, besides that, it'd be a lot easier to put him in a role. And again, that's for me. You know, I've I've played him where he's done great during the game. You know, if you can get, um, I had him steal. Was it Mercury's fire blast? So he just stood near a ballista and just firebomb people and generated momentum and slowed them down. So I guess. But you have to put a lot of effort into him in the first turn. Right, right. It's it's almost like a, okay, well, Hoist is definitely going to try and take this. And he can't sprint and do it like Midas can. So, So I'm hearing you talk about generating momentum. And I feel like. Ballista, the people, the engineers players who played Ballista and are still playing Ballista struggle with making their momentous inspiration work. Well, I think the, I think, uh, the key for me, and I think what a lot of people uh, are struggling with, is that they try to out-generate uh, momentum in the race sense. Right. Right, they try to race their opponent like, ha I'm doing all this stuff. That's not the way it works to me. For me, it is the fact that you can generate momentum while denying your opponent the opportunity to generate momentum that makes it strong. Because 99% of the time, people generate momentum in melee, right, in, in close combat, frankly. Mm-hmm. If you're knocking people down, if you're slowing people down, if you're pushing them away and you are denying them the opportunity to even get into melee to generate momentum, then you are winning the momentum race by default. Okay. I can see that. I I can absolutely see that. And And, you're forcing them to burn the momentum to stand up if they still want to move. Whatever little momentum they get, they have to to burn to – or burn to get over rough terrain because you've got ratchet. You know, first turn he lobs two, but every turn after that he just does that nice consistent three-inch AOE and lobs it. He also hangs a little further back so that if he – if somebody gets close with the ball, he's got a low tackle and he's got the ability to chuck the ball away. So he can he can charge in, momentously tackle the ball away from somebody, and then throw the ball you know upfield away. So he he's my my backfield kind of guy. Okay, so I I know this is a, a tougher question, right? Because without seeing 
a specific team from an opponent and what they're going to put on the field and how they react. Um, I've, I've seen you play. I know you reevaluate the, the game field every activation. With that said, in an ideal activation against your preferred opponent, what does a typical turn look like? Like, what are the things you're looking for, watching for, um, trying to trying to avoid? You know, how does that play out through the oh-so-lacking magical Christmas land perfect turn? <laughs> uh, so if I was playing Brewers or Masons with those wonderful three-up defenses, um, a lot of the time, uh, if I get the opportunity to go first, Unlike a lot of teams, I don't go. I don't lead with ballista first. Okay. Uh, unless it's a unless I'm going to throw up uh, mines is is legendary play. But even then, uh, I may sacrifice an, an activation to the opponent first to to downset. Salvo is really your is really my choice to activate first for my team because on a shiny salvo turn, I knock down three opponents, I generate three momentum, and I can reposition him uh, wherever I want. So if there's opponents nearby, he starts shooting and dodging around, uh, generating momentum, you know, if he's near Ballista, and then he can activate, you know, if I knock someone down and then grab the ball or whatever. So Salvo, well, he's not so much a crutch, but he's very much that support piece to starve the team because then your opponent gets to activate and it's like, well, half your team's on the ground. And you have no momentum. Okay. Okay. And I've got one to three momentum, depending on, you know, if I decide to, to bonus time my shots to knock you down. And then they activate whomever, and then Ballista goes and he shoots another person who hasn't activated, knocks them down. You know, and then it's like, okay, well, now you have three to four of your models on the ground, one of the other models is already activated, maybe generated momentum if they're in range. But again, it's, it's, then it's the threat prioritization. Like, who can get to me and generate the most momentum? So it's not even about damaging them. It's like, oh, well, there's Mallet with four influence. He gets to sit on his ass. Just straight up, just bang, thunk, on the ground. All right, who's the next priority? Okay, well... This guy's in position to, you know, walk in a melee, but he's only got two influence. Well, we'll put him on his ass. All right, who's the next threat? So that way it's like, you know, so, oh, he's loaded up hammer with, you know, seven influence. He's going to get sat on his ass. <laughs> now, since it sounds like threat threat priority is, is the most important thing here, right? And mm-hmm. you're... I'm not going to say you're struggling, but what you're facing is similar but very different from a combat team. Combat team is going to do the same thing, right? If I'm activating first, who can I put into, you know, who is your most dangerous player with the most influence so I can get in, hopefully kill them, take them out, remove them from the field so that you lose the influence and lose the, uh, you know, lose the activation. In your case, you're not taking them out. Most of the time. So you're just trying to knock them down and keep them far enough away that they're not going to be able to get to you. Yeah, it's it's a matter of of negating their impact on the turn. Um, turn three is usually when it starts to... The turn one and the turn two, one and two against a, a, a good ballista player mm-hmm. 
Um, dep- again, depending on the team, like especially Masons uh, and Brewers and, you know, the low defense guys, it's going to be a miserable experience because all your dudes are sitting on their butt and the engineers are, you know, dancing around the field, grabbing the ball and stuff like that. But once you can get one or two p- models into Melee, which is why Shank is always such a pain in the butt, because he's going to get into Melee. Right. He's just going to do it. And he has all those low momentous things. So he's like, whoosh, I have three momentum. Ta-da. It's like, what? It's like, ta-da. I flew 14 inches across the board. <laughs> I've got three momentum now. Ta-da. So Prank. do you prioritize knocking those guys down and back? Or do you just accept the fact that there's going to be some that get into you like a shank. So you focus on the other threats. Like I get, I guess the, the real question is what is your threat priority? Like who are the most dangerous players well, that for, you see on for, the field? As, as I said earlier, decimate has become a staple for my team because she has been become my counter threat okay. for Mealy. So, you know, you run Shank into the engineers and you're like, ah, Shank's got, you know, full control of the field. He can do whatever he wants. But he's like, well, you can run Shank into the engineers, but then Decimate is right here. And you come in and you whip Ballista for a couple points of damage or Ratchet for a couple points of damage. Well, that's neat. You generate momentum. Well, now she's going to come in and stab you a bunch of times and generate more momentum because now you've given me a melee opportunity for her to generate momentum, and she's wonderful at generating momentum. Right. So she has become one of my core six simply because she's super fast. She generates uh, melee momentum melee. Uh, it's pretty much one for one. Yeah, I yeah mean, it's, she's... it's one for she's tax six with anatomical precision. So it's like you you attack somebody with a decent defense, like a four one or something. She's like, I'm going to generate momentum. I'm going to do damage, and I'm going to reposition. Yep. And usually so, she's turning out a good eight points of damage on that activation if she has yeah, four so on her. If I if I load her up, you know, she can she can go in and. Uh, I usually dance her back a little bit the first turn or two, and then depending if Ballista, Salvo, and Ratchet have been punishing people from a distance, and then mine feels up, so if they if they position in, then then the opposing team starts to look a little ragged. Hmm. I haven't done a lot of damage, right? Not to one person, but everyone's taken about four to five points of damage. Then, you know, depending on positioning of the ball and all that good stuff, then it's like, is there a, a Opportunity, a target of opportunity. It's like, oh, this guy's only got like eight health left. I shoot him with a death bolt for three, and you know, and uh, in goes decimate, finish him off. Right. It sounds to me like the one thing that's lacking are what I would call either the explosive or the shock and awe plays. Sounds like you need to be a fairly steady hand, be patient. And just sort of click through, very clock-like, precise in your play. Uh, it, it is methodical, is the word that comes to mind. Okay. For me. In you, the the engineers, and again for this team with ballista with the range element and stuff, yep. they play the game very differently than everybody else because everybody else wants to get in the melee to start generating momentum and doing all their crazy hoopla. This team doesn't. 
or wants to do it in a very limited engagement on their terms. So they're not trying to get into melee because if you look at the character plays of everyone besides Ballista, I mean, not the character plays, the playbooks of everyone besides Ballista, they're pretty sad. I mean, they're, they're all tack fours. All, all the key players are tack four, except for Colossus, who's a five. Uh, Hoist is a five, but we talked about his. Oh, well, Veteran Velocity is a five now, too, and Compound. But for me, my core players of Salva, Velocity, and Ratchet are all fours. And even the ones that are tack fives, not very impressive right. characters. You know, not very impressive playbooks. You know, I'm after having played Fish or Brewers or whatever, where they're like, oh, I got a momentous dodge on one success. You know, it's like it doesn't matter what I – it almost doesn't matter what I roll as long as two of these dice hit you out of five or six. I'm dancing around and generating momentum, which is towards my game plan. So it's – it's melee is not a strong suit of the engineers by any, any – now, pin vice is a little different. And Ballista, actually, Ballista has a, a good, you know, momentous two-inch push on on and uh, on, on three successes. Three, yeah. yeah, you know, even a knockdown on three, and that's why I like keeping him in the center because he's got that tough hide. So if people get a little little clumped in there, he can start shoving people away, and then he backs up and shoots them with a crossbow. So now, how are you scoring points? Like, what what is your what is your typical game? Is it Two goals, two takeouts, you know, what's the distribution between goals and takeouts? Um, it's generally three goals, okay. but two goals and two takeouts. So my, my objective is to get two goals first. And then usually by the time I've gotten two goals, uh, the opposing team has, has taken a lot of, of uh, punishment. Death of a Thousand Paper Cuts. Yep. Then I can say, okay, if they've been neglecting healing their players or, you know, decimates in a position to take somebody out or even Salvo. Salvo can pump out six points of damage in an activation um, by just shooting them with kick bolts all the time or, you know, Ballista doing five points. So once, once they start, you know, bleeding down a little bit, then it's like, okay, I've got my two goals. I've got my two extra influence points. Now I can start, you know, paying for a lot of extra little things. Then it's like, all right, how badly beat up is the other team? Am I in a position to score a goal? Because scoring a goal is generally the easier way to win the game. <laughs> right, and right. Colossus, uh, he is a fantastic ball handling piece. He's like, I'm going to go in here. I'm going to shove people around. I'm going to grab the ball, and I'm going to walk out with it. Uh, he is not He's not like the typical big guy melee thing he's like nope i'm just he's he's just a bully and taking the ball uh velocity is super fast and she can tackle the ball and dodge away yeah you you lean on that tack six and uh and close control so she can kind of whiz her way through people take a hit you know as long as they don't have a knockdown on one you stay away from those those you try and push shove away like yep. go away and shush go away now, how often are you knocking people off the board? I mean, you have Deadbolt, which does a two-inch push. You have, uh, is, it, is it Deadbolt on both? And Kickbolt, which does Kickbolt a three-inch push. Three inch push. So yep. you, could, you could theoretically push somebody nine inches of the way. Um, it is a nice thing to keep an eye out for. 
if somebody brings back a player that's been knocked out or you know KO'd, and they bring him back on the side and they try and flank him up, you know, up to the side because they don't want to engage him in the middle. I always keep an eye out for that because, you know, an easy two victory points is an easy two victory points. Right. Um, but to tie back with one of the things you said before about, you know, the big explosive plays and stuff, there is not a – there is a, a strange lack of combo in here. So they have – synergy in their play style but there's no like you know there's there's nothing like the uh brewers having just combo breakers you know like i'm gonna throw this and do this and then all of a sudden everybody's doing 10 points of damage it's like no it's you have death of a thousand paper cuts where it's like you do this and you cut and you cut and you cut and you cut if the opportunity presents itself and somebody's like ha 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 i'm gonna run you know flint up the side of the board and he's within three inches I will sprint Ballista's ass over that direction and, and chunk him in the face with a crossbow because thank you. You have you have given me the opportunity. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use two activations to like say have Ballista push somebody and then shoot them and then Salvo come up and shoot them, you know, nine more inches. Right. Because by that point I have put so much effort into this one model using a lot of my core players that the rest of their team, you know, escapes unscathed. Well, and I can understand that listening to, you know, going back to that target priority. So for anybody else who's kind of thinking through, ooh, I can shove people off the board and do all that, I think that's an important thing to, to remind them of and to go back to. On that target priority, you're spending the majority of your actions keeping people down on the field and keeping the bulk of the opponent's team out of commission. Yep, you know, and of course, you know, Colossus has ramming speed, and he's got, well, he's got a, a push on three. That's his earliest one. Again, like if if Hoist had a momentous push on one, um, you know, even Velocity, she's got a, a momentous push dodge on two. But again, with tack four, so unless you're attacking somebody like Stave, I mean, I've shoved Stave off the board with Velocity, but that was the one in a dozen, right. you know, opportunities for that. But in general, it's man. I wish I had Stoker with that double momentous <laughs> push on one. That's ridiculous. No, Brewers, I, Brewers are my other team because they're they're a lot of fun, and I I get envious in melee with the Brewers. Like, oh my gosh, look at this awesome stuff they can, these guys can do in combat. Well, it's like, the, but they're opposite sides of the coin almost, right? They're both they're engineers are resilient, Brewers are resilient. Brewers will punch you in the face. Engineers are. As you said, they're methodical. They're just well, going to do their job, and yep. it's uh, well. You can you can also do a character play game with esters and poison knives, but anyway, but you don't get the momentum. Right. No, but yeah. So the, the the ballista engineers are very much that methodical. You you, I wind up with ballista, salvo, and ratchet kind of in that center with my my two. Flanking guys on the side, either Velocity, Colossus, or Decimate uh, on the sides, you know, coming in on the flanks. Mainspring has goal duty. <laughs> now, who does um, who does Decimate swap for? Does Decimate swap for Colossus or, or uh, Velocity, or is it sort of a toss-up? Well, it, it depends on my opponents. Uh, I have... 
I have come to accept the fact that Salvo just frustrates the crap out of me on high defense teams. <laughs> Because because Salvo is such an integral part of that ballista that ballista team of generating the the momentum from a distance and knocking people down. Yep. Fishing for fours and fives is a lot harder than fishing for threes and fours. So if I see somebody bringing like a defense skew team, like alchemists, you know, with fours and yeah, fives all, all over fives. the day, then Salvo comes off the field, hmm. and I bring. You know, compound because if they're that fast, they're trying to do defense. Decimate because she's fast, and the fact that I can generate momentum with one success. Right? So it's like, oh, I'm defense five. All I got to do is peg you once out of six. Yep. That's it. Eh, I generate momentum. So she's still giving me a, a return. And she, she can be off to the side a little more. She doesn't have to stay in that ballista bubble. Um, and then usually velocity because she's fast enough. Colossus because against a lot of the the high speed teams, you're not worried as much about damage output depending on who you're playing against. So Colossus can tie up and uh, you know hold somebody down a bit better. Okay. Okay. So velocity. Let's talk about velocity for a minute. We have a six eight. 6-8 movement, right? We got close control, reanimate, so she's not, she's tougher t to take out than she initially looks. Right? 5 defense plus reanimate on 11 wounds. Plus nimble. Plus, and plus nimble to put on there. No, uh, you know, no, no easy, uh, easy mark here. But she has a pretty static Depending on how you're dealing with passing the ball to her, she has a pretty static 16-inch range on you know, threat on goal. Now, she's got some dodges on her two and three successes. I mean, two, three, and four successes. But how often are you having to deal with um, striker envy? Uh you know, after playing with Friday, uh, I got a Mason's team and, you know, Flint the Wonder Child. Um, well, and you have a fish. You had a fish team for a I while a, too. I had a fish team, and, and Captain Shark, where's the ball? I'm going to score this turn. Right. Oh my gosh, he's like, who's got the ball? <laughs> no, I got the ball. Where's the goal? I just scored. Cool. High five. You're like, what? What? <laughs> I played one game where it was like the, my opponent kicked off, and I did some math, and I was like, I think I can score a goal. He's like, what? Yeah, let's let's try this. Goal. I was like, this guy's ridiculous. It's almost like playing Flint, except everybody knows to expect, expect that from Flint. But anyway, so Velocity is perhaps the most boring striker in the game. Wow. Because she, she, with, she, she is not a Friday who's like, oh, I drink a beer and I throw daggers and I can do two momentous damage. You know, She's not Vitral who's like, I've got reach and I throw smokes on you and stab you in the face because she can beat the crap out of people better than almost any other striker. But she's also a really good scorer. You know, she's not Flint. She's not uh, she's not even Bonesaw. You know, Bonesaw can do all sorts of crazy shenanigans and, and scoring goals. You know, Velocity is a very straightforward score where she's like I'm going to get the ball I'm going to try and get the ball from you I'm going to sprint now the thing with velocity is getting that defense six and having reanimate and having close control 
and having a four eight kick. Right. So I guess and once she has the ball, she just that's one has of the, the ball. Look at the engineers. Four is their average for the majority of their kickers. That kills me. I, I look playing union where I have a bunch of twos and threes kills me. Uh, let me see. Uh, compound has a two six, but he's a goalie. Uh, mother is a two four base. <laughs> Give me that. What? She's a two four base. That's hilarious. Mainspring can be a two six if you really want, but everybody else is a four kick, four six, except for Salvo. But he's super dodgy, so you didn't want to give him right high of a thing. So they are a very good ball control team, even though they're not a super fishy scory team. They're very much a ball control team. So getting all those momentous uh, teamworks of dodging and stuff like that is a big deal. So you can pass the ball around. But the real key to that is you can basically ignore the first model engaging you because it only drops you down to a three. Now, how often are you looking for snapshot opportunities? I mean, you're starting at that four kick, so... Velocity is basically a one-and-done for me. Okay. Um, If I can get the ball, she is the first one I try and score a goal with. And so she goes in, she scores a goal, and then I just leave her there. Because since she's not going to be generating any momentum at range, and since she's more than likely not going to be generating any momentum... Um, and melee, unless she gets to go first and charge somebody to score a goal. I will park her eight inches away from the goal and just leave her there. And if she activates, you know, I always put, you always put an um, influence or two on somebody because you don't want them to think that they're right. not a threat. So I'll, I'll dodge her after a goal to move out of combat or whatever, because people will look at her and they say, okay, velocity doesn't have the ball. She's not a threat. And you know, Velocity and Melee, I mean, you, Vitriol's like, oh, I kicked the goal. We're like, well, crap, I don't want Vitriol just to come and whack me in the back of the head later on, you know. So I just park her there and almost use her boringness as, as like a, a defensive ability because there are far more dangerous things happening on, on the rest of my team with decimate dancing around and crossbows and explosions. You're like, ah, and you just have this little mannequin standing there doing nothing. So with those four, six kicks, I can get the ball from somebody. Say ballista comes in, he tackles the ball velocity, six inches away. Ballista kicks to him. Oh, now he's a three, six, right? Right. Whereas anyone, every other team, that's like a three, six base drops to a two, six. So he comes in, you know, so having that extra fourth die on a lot of the guys passing while you're engaged is a, is more viable because then you're only, you're rolling three dice. So you pass the velocity. Oh, she's not engaged or whatever. And she kicks the ball. Hey, snapshot. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, with the promise that this is not going to be released before your next tournament, (laughs) what? Even if it was released before the next tournament, it's very much like standing on the train tracks. (laughs) You're like, you can stand there, 
it's it's not going to change. It's not going to move out. Of, you know, it's not going to suddenly leap to the side and surprise you. You know, it's not like a bull that's going to dodge and weave around. No, it's coming at you. This is a very methodical. This is how I'm going to work the game and work the See. mechanics to to nullify your team in that sense of control to keep your team ineffective. And I think that's going to give a disappointing answer to my question, which was going to be for those other ballista loving engineers players, what trick or two tricks do you have that they can watch for? Like, you know, Mason players could learn the chisel missile and the double use of superior strategy. You know, union players can learn the trick about Captain Rage, Red Furying himself to get through uh, fear. Like, are there any tricks? Are there any cool applications of... Any shenanigans. Shenanigans, exactly. You know, sadly enough... I think the engineers are the most sh- non-shenanigan team out there. Now it gets a little bit shenanigany with pin vice, and you know, and velocity gets a little little quirky there, and um, even hoist with you know is crappy to replicate. Um, but the the core ballista team that I have with that, you know, decimate is your best shenanigans and dancing around. But it's it's very much like watching George Foreman box near the end of his career, mm-hmm. which was hilarious to me. Where he would just go into the ring against these younger guys, and they would just punch him and punch him and punch him, and he'd block he'd block his head, block his head, and they're body blowing him. And and George got that big, you know, like. Iron gut. You oh, know? Yeah. He can just sit there and take hits, and and he's just watching. He's throwing a couple punches, and he's throwing a couple punches, and they're like ha 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 ha. And then once George is like, they're tired enough. Here comes the hammers, just boom, boom, and just knocks him down because they wore themselves out on him. Because he's like, I, I'm not faster than you. I'm not going to dodge around. You know, it's like I'm going to let you tire yourself on me, and then I'm just going to hammer you into the ground. The the ballista engineer team that I run with Decimate and all of them, there's not you 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 rely on your stats and your character plays. There's no real big combos. There's no real big shenanigans. It's it's a very straightforward, methodical, clockwise, shall we say, mm-hmm. approach to the game. It, because it's like every action you make is how do I nullify the opposing team to the best of my advantage? How do I get the ball to the best of my advantage and how do I keep the momentum being generated to my advantage by denying that opportunity to other people. Fair enough. Fair enough. What else would you like to add, sir? I I am out of questions. I I have filled a notebook. I'm still not going to play engineers, but at least now I know, you know, what I'm facing and, and I have a place to point people. Well, uh, I, I did mention that, um, Mother, I am looking forward to Mother being released because she replaces Mainspring without even blinking. <laughs> and um, I have to imagine the nest markers just add into your strategy. Anything that will add burning as people walk past. Well, it, the fact that so for for me, when I look at a mascot, I'm like, what can a mascot do with zero influence? Because and generally speaking, that's what we do with them, right? Yep. Uh, Salt's cool because Salt's very fast and he can hang near Angel, you know, like, ooh, I got a defense. Marbles, Marbles is almost 
I don't want to say it. I'm not going to say he's a, a bad mascot, but his fault is that he cannot be effective unless he's spending influence. Right. If you, you know, because tune up and go. Now, granted, he can do the thing with honor, but that's different. That doesn't work for, for all the captains. Um, Wrecker is great because he doesn't need influence. He just balls up and rolls eight inches and knocks everyone over the place. But Mother, the fact that she can move five inches and drop a mine, uh, a marker within, within it, not fully, within <laughs> right, right. six inches. Six, so that's 11 inches that you can throw this little spider nest somewhere. And you can have three of them on a field. And, and again, it's like, oh, you're getting close to me? Well, I'm going to scuttle over here and I'm going to drop a mine next to you. You can't attack it. You can't dodge away from it. You're just going to sit there and if you walk, boom, minus two defense. And she's a 40 millimeter base, so she can block gold better. So the fact that she does all that for zero influence, it's like, goodbye, mainspring. You were cute. You were fun. But now, now you're you're sleeping in the bag. Now you become a, a bed bug. What about veteran velocity? I have heard, like one of my local uh, part time, or actually, I should say, he has retired as engineers for Masons. But one of my local players um, was very much, I think, still is looking forward to veteran velocity, specifically for that explosive play opportunity. So veteran velocity is definitely going to replace compound for me okay um i think you know i think compound is a great goalie uh but the problem you said this before that you like goal defense better than yeah, uh, so, so you have compound so the the ones that came out at the same time compound and um tenderizer. tenderizer i think compound is a better active player and tenderizer is a better passive player because hmm. compound he's, he's a 40 he's got reach uh um, lockdown's not very low. You know, he get, he's got a momentous push on two. A horrific odor is great because it does not require you to be near the goal. Uh, gluttonous mass, you know, I, I've had times where compound has wound up in the middle of the field just engaging people. And yep. he throws up horrific odor and it screws with people's kicking. And gluttonous mass keeps him around. He's got 20 health, you know. So uh, so he has been a good tar pit. So he's, he's, he's one of those players where you're like, all right, in you go, compound. You know, and, and he does that really well. Um, I think velocity, <laughs> taking velocity and compound, yeah, I'll be like, come towards my goal, <laughs> see what happens. You know, we're getting the goal. She, she's gonna be fun to try and figure out because she's got a momentous double push on two. Yeah, double push um, on two, push dodge on three. Push dodge on three, uh, you know, damage, damage, no momentous damage, you know, uh, no momentous tackle. But she's got, you know, smash shins on two with the, the gill ball. Aggressive defense. That's oh, an interesting uh, I, one where it's like now I'm attack seven at the cost of an influence. I love the fact that her tackles, uh, two, two out of her three tackles, come with smash shins. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> I'm taking the ball and smash. There you yeah. Go. Um, goal defense, of course, is is great against some teams that you know they're just going to come near you. And hundred hand stance, so she's she's going to be that awesome goalie. Now she's smaller. She's yeah, she's a thirty, so yeah, she can't block. She doesn't have the one inch melee, so she can't engage. Now, if you're lucky with compound with rush keeper, you can counter charge somebody. And and here's a note for all you uh, compound and tenderizer players: rush keeper. Is not limited to once, once per turn. turn. 
The only two stipulations are you cannot be engaged. You cannot charge, well, you're not going to charge the model you're engaged with because you've already charged them. And you have to be within four inches of the goal. So if you charge sideways, mm-hmm. or back and forth, and you stay within four inches of the goal, which is easier with compound because of his reach, you can tackle, you can charge somebody, maybe momentously knock them down. And if somebody else comes near, you counter charge them too. So I've I've enjoyed doing that with compound. So I think having velocity and compound is going to be pretty much a okay. You have the ball, and if it's a kicking team, then velocity falls back. You know she turns off flykeeper, and she and she falls back. To you know she's she's going to be she, sadly enough. I think she's better a better melee option than hoist really because even with just aggressive defense hmm. she can she can go after people she doesn't have all the defensive ability that he does but she does have unpredictable movement more health oh she lost reanimate though yeah she loses reanimate well she's a little bit more fiddly so i guess man no she's she's definitely going to be a really interested one because hundred hand stance is really strong ability you know, combined with goal defense, you know, so if you can tie them up, you know, compound goes in and makes it, you know, a pain in the ass to shoot the goal, and she's just nearby and like, oh, ball's mine, and then whoosh, off she goes. Right. Well, I heard about a game the other day where the uh, Obulus player, with all of his influence and a stack of momentum, parked himself in front of the goal uh, two inches away and basically shot on goal, and if he missed it, Bounced out, and he picked it back up and shot on goal again. And uh, hundred hand stance basically says, "No, no, you don't get to do that." Hey, you miss it; it's mine. Thank you. Well, so. then he'll use his, his magic power to make her pass the ball to him. <laughs> so yeah, but that still costs work, four. Work on constructs. We so. convince her. I got some oil. <laughs> So, well, Jan, thank you so much for uh, enlightening us on Ballista and uh, how your view on the engineers work. Good luck in the tournament this weekend. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Uh, I appreciate you thinking I'm a good engineers player. Well, I, I, until I get proved otherwise, uh, you know, I, you and I have yet to face each other in a competitive setting. That's true, in a competitive. You were actually my third game with engineers when I first started playing. I, against your against <laughs> your your union, so. it was a little filthy. Maybe not as filthy as my union has gotten now, but yeah, that was a that was a good game though. Well, uh, you'll be attending this tournament coming this weekend, won't you? I won't actually. What? Yeah, I thought you were. I, I was, and life and work got in the way. Uh, pesky life. So it. Uh, <laughs> It's unfortunate, however, I will uh, be watching closely through the weekend as I'm, uh, you know, bemoaning the fact that I missed an opportunity to uh, practice for Gen Con. Well, as Playmore Games was a store where I almost won the the uh, bounty, thanks, Jamie, break my heart, <laughs> right at the end of the third, right after the third <sighs> Third round. round. <laughs> like, we're about to start the fourth round. Oh, you don't get the bullet. Yeah. <laughs> it was because an American was going to get it. That's why. <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, love you, Jamie. Nothing but, nothing but love. Jerk. <laughs> but uh, since Playmore Games was where I'd gotten the, the second place with uh, the engineers during that, uh, that tournament, it's like it's time to come back there and you know, grind out a first place with them. I, and I think this is the tournament to do that, only because I won't be there. 
Well, you, you know, when I when I see certain names not on the list, I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's a little easier now. Oh, but you know, there's a a fair number of Brewers and Masons uh, lined up to play this weekend, and uh, them's them's good eatings for engineers. Mm-hmm. Like, so. what's your armor? Hey, it doesn't matter. Crossbow, tonk. <laughs> Uh, well, great. Well, let us uh, sign off and kind of turn things back over to uh, to the regularly scheduled Guild Ball tonight. Awesome. Uh, I just want to say one last... Oh, yeah, absolutely. One, one last uh, tidbit of knowledge. Um, my man Ratchet, who is my, my solid, you know, he's that dependable guy who's always there. Gluttonous mass sucks for a team that leans on character plays, right? So you're wasting a salvo shot, you know, ballista's death bolt can't even touch him if it's up. Yep. So it sucks. However, Blasted Earth doesn't target. So if you see a Fangtooth or an Esters or even a compound, you throw a Blasted Earth near them, does two damage, and... A model that is generally slow, because most of the gluttonous mass people are, are relatively slow, now have a speed penalty. And I guess that's good for keeping them off, but you still have to burn it away if they start getting close. Well, when the turn, when, when they start, you know, you can keep them back a turn or two, and then when they get close and you have velocity, you know, walk up, I'm like, I'm going to slap you. Oh, gluttonous mass is gone. And then you shoot them with gotcha. you know, salvo because there's no penalty for shooting into combat. So once once they finally get engaged, as opposed to running these models into combat with you, yep. Blasted Earth has become that, that, oh, you're very fast. Now you're slow. Oh, you have gluttonous mass. Now you're slow. So it, 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 it keeps them out of the fight a little bit longer or makes them burn momentum, you know, for, for glide, to which glide. helps you in the long run. Yeah. You know, glide, glide, in, uh, glide in standing up is the two ways I burn off momentum off of people. So. Okay, but nice, that's nice. my last thing. I like that. Well, you know, I, I see a lot of people hating on Ratchet, but Blasted Earth with this play style, you know, it really helps. And I will Blasted Earth Ballista if he gets crowded out with people because he's got tough hide. We'll take a point of damage. That's fine. Yep. Well, cool. Thank you so much, Jan. And uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing from you, uh, you know, from the winner circle soon. Well, hopefully, I'll, you know, I'll come back on and, and complain about Midas and Obulus being broken. So. Uh, per, that That's a deal. That is a deal. <laughs> okay. So we've had a, a string of events in the last couple of months that we haven't managed to we haven't managed to properly round up on the show yet, and one of the one of the common denominators of most of these events was the the presence of uh, Jason Tate at uh, these events. So uh, we are uh, we are privileged to once again be graced with uh, everybody's favorite gym teacher. And uh, <laughs> how you doing, Jason? I'm doing pretty well, um, considering that it's summertime and I'm not teaching gym right now. Well, you know, yeah, nor do yeah. I think I could. No, you gotta, you gotta recuperate from gotta, from all that time with children. Yeah, especially the on the last day of school, I was playing basketball in the faculty versus fifth grade basketball game. Yeah, 
And on the last play of the game, I was um, just messing around because we were up by a lot, and we I was throwing an alley oop to one of my other friends, yeah. and I rolled my ankle and tore five ligaments. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so I think that's divine retribution for beating yeah. up children. Yeah. So the kids literally broke my ankles. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, not uh, probably not the last time, and. Good for them. But well, it's the last time playing basketball. <laughs> you learn your lesson? Yeah, 40. 40 learned my lesson. Okay. Well, I, believe me, I understand. So, yeah. So, you have been to uh, at least three events that we haven't had a chance to, to really talk about yet. Um, let's see. In uh, no particular order or perhaps in chronological order, that was Origins. And then, uh, what, the a Louisville Open? Uh, it was the PP Weekend was second. Okay, the then the... Weekend after Origins, Privateer, right. Privateer Weekend. And then the... Uh, then the Louisville Cup 2. Louisville Cup 2. So, uh, so let's talk about Origins. Now, the the Steamforged gang was at that event along uh, along with you. I know you guys had a had a lot of fun. I saw uh, many, many pictures, um, some of which I've retained for blackmail purposes. <laughs> <laughs> there are many more. Oh, I can imagine. So, so Origins isn't really um, usually known as a as a miniatures gaming convention. So, how did uh, how did Guild Ball go over in that in that uh, environment? Yeah, Guild Ball went over pretty well in that environment. I've always heard that Origins is the best con you've never been to, <laughs> and now that I've gone. And this is the first year that I've ever been. It was yeah. it's a very good con that can yeah. become a, a mini Gen Con. Okay. With a quarter of the cost. Mm-hmm. That that that's that's where the kicker is. It it, it would I mean ten dollars for parking for the day at Origins is much different than the twenty to thirty per day at Gen Con. Right. Um lots of represented vendors there. Okay. Um I know there were lots of miniature people that um, showed up privateer was there we talked to them for a little bit we were there and we were up for an award for best miniature game very good deservedly and so deservedly so and sadly we lost to um who did uh, star wars armada is who ended up placing first and we were I, what i could think of very close second well you win some you lose some um at origins there wasn't any tournaments but there was a lot of pundit support there yeah um, Maurice Kent came, Ben Lang was there, um, Takashi showed up, and then Zach Stein, who is one of my friends here in town that you've met. Sure. Um, he came and was almost like a Steamforge chauffeur. Yeah. And then magically, shortly after, he is now one of the newest pundits that we have in the area. I thought I, thought I was the Steamforge chauffeur. You, you, you have been replaced. I'm, I'm the Steamforge chauffeur emeritus? Yes. <laughs> Where you drive real carefully and casually, yeah. Zach will drive with his turned around talking to the people in the back okay. going down the interstate. All right, all right. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Sometimes it's style over substance. Yes. Now, there, there were so many stories that came out of Origin. So if, uh, if people are at Gen Con, come hunt us down and we, we, we can tell you. <laughs> but the Steamforge guys came over to my house the weekend before and we went to a couple distilleries and just, just had a lot of fun there. Yeah. And then when we got to Origins, we ended up selling my celebrating my birthday, yeah. which was which was you know the fortieth was pretty pretty set set pretty well with me. 
And I ended up getting a um, tater print for my birthday very early before the art was released. So that was really neat to have that given to me and framed. Very good. And uh, um, a couple of spoilers about him. Oh, oh, spoilers. Spoilers are good. Um, he yeah. works for the Farmers Guild. Really? Yeah. Okay. And he's going to be at Gen Con. Okay. Well, you heard it here first. Yeah. Yes. About no. half an hour ago. <laughs> I don't listen to the show. Okay, good. Well, as long as, long as we've got that squared away. So all right, so so origins uh, was a, was a good time. So then, uh, what happened at the uh, who 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 was the uh, that that middle one there? Um, that was um, Privateer Weekend, which Uh-oh. is um, oh, it's, it's in it's in St. Louis. We used um, Privateer Weekend used to be at um, Dicon, and this okay. is a and they wrote a lot of War Machine events there, and they graciously I, I talked to AK, who is one of the guys that lead it, and. Um, Kim Wilbon, and they graciously let Guild Ball show up to run, um, ended up running a 16-man, or, well, it ended up being a 12-man, and then a um, 16-man sanctioned event. Very nice. And so when I got I got back from Origins late Sunday evening and took back off of PP Weekend on, I think it was either Wednesday or Thursday, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm becoming a globetrotter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I should say, uh, within six hours drive of Yeah, Detroit. you're becoming a Midwest trotter. There we go. And um, it, it was great to see the number of players that were playing Guild Ball there. Yeah. Was, uh, did the event have a lot of, uh, did it introduce the game to many people there at the event? I mean, most people were obviously there for uh, another more familiar game to them. but It, it did. We... I think we pushed them over to where they're going to really probably break away from Daikon again next year and just run several different events. Okay. I think we had, I think we had about eighteen to twenty there that just came for Guild Ball. Mm-hmm. So that that was that was pretty big in a. I bet they probably had seventy total there. So we were we were twenty of them. Okay. Which which is pretty good considering how young this game is. Sure. And um, a couple of familiar faces in the. Um, War Machine World with Dan Sammons and Jordan Knack have mm-hmm. they have come over to Guild Ball. I pretty much want to think full time. Yeah, yeah, I mean Dan Dan's been a, a fixture on Twitter, I know, and he was uh he was at the War Machine weekend tournament that we mm-hmm. uh that we had back in uh last November, so he is definitely yeah. becoming a uh a factor in this game as well. He is. Um, he actually suffered his first tournament defeat at oh. PP Weekend. The first time he's ever lost during a tournament. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but it was it was a great tournament, great turnout. Um, it was ended up being um, Tony versus Jordan in okay. the end. Um, it was Morticians versus Morticians, but it was an Obulus that was being run by Jordan, and Tony was running Scalpel. Okay, good. And, and both of them ended up in the finals, and um, Jordan Knack ended up um, winning his first sanctioned event that he's won with, with Obulus. All right. So, and he he was a very good War Machine player, and I want to say my money's on him to win Gen Con. Really? You yeah, you heard it here. All right, I won't tell Bill you said that. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, Bill's... does Bill listen to the podcast either? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't listen to the podcast, so what difference does it make? 
so uh, I mean, I, I, I recorded it. I know it's there. Yeah, you, you know, you have to listen to it to edit because you please edit. <laughs> I don't. You know, it's 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 straight to straight to file, man. That, that, that's good. You got to start watching what you say. I I can't remember anything, especially a couple couple glasses of wine in. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's that's what we need to do at Gen Con is record while we're drinking. <laughs> record while you're drinking the true um it's it's much more fun to watch that i was able to take the british guys when they came over we were at origins take them to a country western bar with the line dancing i know some of it's popped up online (laughs) but you you can't even imagine the hilarity that ensued when they're talking to biker gangs that that showed up there it was it was beautiful well, you know, I kept I keep telling Matt that that like he he was born to be in Texas, and once I get him to his first midnight rodeo, he's certainly going to become a full time American. I think. No, see, we don't have any midnight rodeos here in life in the licensing area. We have midnight hockey on the weekends. Go figure that. I I can't wrap my head around that. Our college team, University of Kentucky, plays at uh, midnight on Friday and Saturday nights. All right, why not? And they're they're. Quite good games. All right, I, you know, you got to, uh, you got, to, you got to do what works for you. We're a basketball town. We know. <laughs> then apparently you're not allowed to play basketball anymore. Not anymore. I don't even know if I watch basketball anymore. Oh, that's sour. That's sour grapes right there. Yeah, it is. I, I got hurt. Now I'm just gonna be get off my lawn. All right. Well, I I can appreciate that sentiment. So then, uh, so then you played in the uh, the Louisville Cup two. In the Louisville Cup two. Um, I I begged and pleaded my wife to let me show up because I I did win the Louisville Cup one with Hunters way back when, and Jay loves it when I bring up that I was the first Hunters sanctioned win in the world. Yeah, yeah. He he really likes likes to hear that. Okay. Because he's trying to nullify it. <laughs> So we'll we'll see how that works, but right. I, I had to go defend my title. And reasonable. Um, I want to say that there was ten or twelve people there, so it it wasn't a sanctioned event, but it 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 was a very fun event. All right. Um, I ended up running a butcher led fillet. No, the other way around. A fillet led butcher. There yeah. you go. There we go. We'll get this right. <laughs> Yeah, don't even edit any of this. Thanks, thanks for coming in today, Jason. It's cold. I haven't, I, you haven't had me on in a while. I'm, I'm rusty. I haven't had anybody on in a while. And I haven't been teaching, so I'm just out of all out of sorts. Oh, I've just I been understand. sitting around doing doing really nothing. Uh, I know what you've been doing. Pokemon Go. You've been, you've been catching Pidgeys. Pidgeys. <laughs> that, that video was great. You need to put that on the podcast. <laughs> He's so derailed. It's great. Anyway. All right. Anyway. Well, I ended up playing um, several great people, but I, I did win it again at 4-0. And my total score was 48 goal, or forty-eight points four and four against. All right. And Seems a little lopsided. It, it, it does, but I played them up. I played the butchers very, very aggressively, and I'm not a very aggressive player. I'm very kind of more defensive than I am offensive. Right. Well, I'm very offensive, but well, yeah, uh, I think that goes without saying. 
But with Shank and Filet both being in the middle of their lines, turn one, mm-hmm. it causes them to make so many decisions. Bad ones. And no matter, almost no matter what they make, it's bad. Mm-hmm. If you go to attack Filet, she's five zero. She can with sixteen boxes. She can probably handle just about whatever you can get put out. Mm-hmm. And then. She's usually a last turn one activation and a very early turn two activation. Mm-hmm. So when you're setting up seven momentum, it, it it makes people think. Now, there are hard counters to her. I ended up playing, um, I want to say Alchemist first round. And because it was my f- first tournament in a while, I accidentally dropped Tenderizer against um, Midas. Mm. She's a bad bad idea bad idea yeah ground pound yeah he ended up taking where they go oh and as okay. soon as he took it I, I it was a huge sigh of relief for me because mm-hmm. i said I, I just lost my first round there i can't come back from this yeah and then i played a um hammer run masons okay which i think fillet can handle hammer pretty well in the grand scheme of life <laughs> then a hunter hunter team and yeah. then in the finals, I played a Smoke Alchemist team. Okay. So I, I dodged Obulus, which is Obulus. And the, I mean, Filet does not like Obulus at all, I don't think. But who does? Nah, no, nobody. Well, I like Obulus because I play Obulus a lot. but <laughs> It's just fine. Okay. Right. Not at all. Not Nothing, uh, nothing, <laughs> to, uh, nothing to examine uh, there, Jamie. Yeah, nothing at all. Okay, good. Move on. Yeah, keep, keep going. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was fun to actually, instead of running stuff, actually sit down and play. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that is that is one of the things that that haunts those of us who spend all of our guild ball time doing things other than playing the game, right? Yes, it's it, it was good to sit down and play, but um, I did notice that a lot of rules are misplayed. Yeah, yeah, I think that goes without. I think that's not going to surprise anybody. So <laughs> what are what are what are a few of the ones that you that you see misplayed a lot? Um, what happens after you score a goal? I see that quite a bit. Um, the whole kicking mechanic seems to be misplayed quite a bit. Yeah, even either a pass or a shot. <laughs> right. Um, say somebody is shooting at a goal and somebody else is in the way, they'll add one to the target number. Right. Right. Yeah. Instead of Mixing taking the, up the away. effect. Yeah. And it's it. I, I saw that probably more than anything else out there, yeah. and I did end up writing an article about it to kind of explain it a little bit. I think my next one's going to be on the actual passing mechanic. Right, right. Well, you know, that's why one of the things that I've done is I've got the um, the, the cheat sheets that Ratty made back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I do need to get the updated Season 2 versions of them. But, um, you know, I printed that back way out back when, and just just because I don't want to make mistakes, mm-hmm. anytime I'm doing something that I don't do all the time, or anytime I'm doing something that has a lot of fiddly details, I'll just consult that shit. You know, if I'm kicking goal and there's either somebody in the way or somebody engaging, just double check it, and mm-hmm. nobody's gonna think less of you for for checking. <laughs> No, you know it's not the uh, 
it's not an indictment of your character or your uh, a statement about your ability in the game if you just double check what you're doing because we are all prone to fits of stupidity at times some of us more than others <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so yeah and uh, so what else uh, what else stood out to you um, line of sight yeah um, when I, I was playing, I want to say it was the hunter game and he was going to shoot me through Cena and I said, you can't, you can't see me. And he was like, you can see through your own guys. And I said, yeah. no, no, you can't see through your own guys. And I, I don't know where, where that one, that one had originated from. And then it, it comes out that I mean, I'll have to admit that I made the mistake in the end because, uh, Cena was knocked down anyway, so he could see through him. Mm. But I couldn't see the token because the bear's so big. <laughs> he had it behind the bear, so let's go with that. Okay. But that, Not that didn't cheating. really change what. No, that didn't no. change what he was going to do anyway. Right. It was a Theron pinned was what was coming at me at yeah. a five zero fillet. So eh, maybe it hits, maybe it doesn't. Sure, sure. All right, good. Well, I think those are uh, definitely a couple things to to refresh people's memory from uh recent recent game experience there uh so what's next for you obviously uh gen con's coming up you have anything anything between now and then um lots of lots of sleep and i probably need to start heavily drinking every night just to get ready just to, you're gonna train i'm gonna i'm gonna train it's about time to start my my training <laughs> i did train a little bit for origins and it did not help me <laughs> it it was a rough day of demos <laughs> When, when your only goal is to not pass out on the table yeah, yeah. while you're given a demo, that that's not a good sign. No, nah, not good at all. Or it's a great sign. I don't know. Definitely one of the two. All right, my friend. Well, thanks for popping in once again. And we will uh, we will talk to you uh, in person pretty soon. Oh, absolutely. Thank you, sir. You bet. So let's go ahead and get to our uh, non-Pokemon Twitter questions. The rest of you, shame on you. Um, because, you know, this, this, this show is going to be tragically dated by Pokemon Go, I'm afraid. <laughs> I, I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I have my Pikachu. Yeah, you know, I've, I've, I, all I get are Pidgeys, so I gave up. Um, let's see. So the first question for the night was from, uh, Nate Zettel who asked, does Tater signal a design shift towards Disney style models? I can only assume that that is a reference to the, to the dashing good looks of the, the concept art because he does have a certain Flynn Rider quality to him. I will say, um, I don't know if we can expect that to to continue. I suspect that Tater was just always intended to be a handsome, manly man. And um you know, if 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 minivan walls could talk. Um <laughs> Okay, fair enough. But fair enough. Uh, I mean... but we I won't implicate anybody in uh by going any further. <laughs> no, but I think uh I think that that concept art is a lot of fun, and that uh, and that I, I, you know, I'm looking forward to. I'm not only looking forward to the new team, but 
is definitely a model that I will always have a a special fondness for. So, uh, see, do we want more? Was, do we want more I, Disney style? Uh, all I was gonna say is this: I'm not sure it's really a shift because you could you could describe Guild Ball as a game with friendly talking animal companions a girl from a redheaded girl from the north who shoots a bow really well and some stunningly handsome men that's true there is there is definitely some uh some some disney animation fodder there and you know we we know disney animation loves to uh loves to uh go into uh uh existing uh stories anyway so i I mean just think about it phil yeah if if everybody thought that the dark souls you know couple of million pounds was bad for uh, matt and rich to lose focus (laughs) imagine what's going to happen when disney spends a billion dollars on them to buy (laughs) their uh (laughs) so yeah we'll have uh, we'll have ariel on the fisherman team We'll have, um, let's say, okay, okay, challenge accepted. Yeah, so yeah. we're going to have Ariel on the fisherman team. We're going to have, uh, let's see, who would be somebody good for the, we'll have the evil queen on the alchemist team, of course. Of course. Of course. We will have, let's see, I really want to find a place for Gaston. Hunter. He was a hunter. So uh, Gaston, he was, yeah. Gaston becomes yeah. a hunter. And of course, you already have Beast on the Hunters team. I mean, that <laughs> just goes right along with Cena. There you go. So uh, let's see, engineers. Uh, how about uh, Geppetto? We... Geppetto, perfect. Geppetto yeah. on the engineers team. Yeah. We'll go with uh, let's see, the butchers. Perhaps, uh, perhaps for the butchers we've got who was the chef in the little mermaid do we know his i name? think he's just a chef right yeah, but he was some kind of cook so he could he could probably pass yeah. as a butcher see i would need to get my wife onto the podcast to, yeah, to really too. break down the disney stuff i mean you're much closer i understand it's in the water down there it is it's literally in the water down here <laughs> All right, well then, you know what? I am going to declare an impromptu contest. Send me I like it. Send me your choices for Disney characters on each of the teams and when both of you have done that, I will see about some sort of price. So, um that's a good one. That is a good one. I think uh and just because I know it is a it is a love that both of us share. We will have to make sure that Stitch is a mascot on one team or the other. Yes. Yes. Stitch is going to have to be so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's see. Now we've got uh, another question here. Now that we've got, uh, man, we are, we are off the rails. Uh, two man meta asked us if we could get any of the remaining season two models early at Gen Con, except the armadillo, because they wanted me to play with one arm tied behind my back. <laughs> uh, which model might that be? So, Bill, what, uh, what is left 
among the so, veterans and mascots. I mean, that you were considering most the to. revamp and um, um, betterment of Harry the Hat is really being saved for season four, <laughs> which will be the entirety of the season four releases. <laughs> um, uh, season two, I, you know, I would really, uh, I haven't been proxying anything, and the model I really want to get on the table mm -hmm. is. Uh, veteran spigot all right that's a that's a good choice you know spigot is one of the ones that's going to be hardest for me to pick i think spigot and brisket although brisket maybe less so the more i think about it but those two models i just i like their original version so much and i like their veteran version so much yeah that they are they are definitely ones i'm looking forward to i think that i think that though the one that I would probably choose, excepting the armadillo, of course, uh, would probably be Catalyst, just because I want to see that figure. Probably more than anything, I want to see that figure. You know, I want to see what they do with that concept art, and because it's just a, it's a, it's a model I will probably use a lot once it is out. So, and that's fair. I see. I'm not a. I'm not a fan of the concept art. Mm. I'm not a fan of the existing catalyst. So I will probably be using an old Malifaux model <laughs> as a. Um, I mean, there really is. If if anybody, uh, if anybody is interested, I mean, my choice for uh, proxy for that, mm -hmm. uh, which of course would not be tournaments, but I don't think Alchemists will ever be my tournaments, is uh, Avatar Seamus. Uh, it's the old Avatar Seamus model. Mm -hmm. which basically is uh, Jekyll and a, a hide from Jekyll and Hyde with a, with a top hat. Completely hulked out. All right. Well, you know, that would... Uh, so it fits the aesthetic. That would, can, that would add to the, the potential top hat team. Uh, true. Very true. Uh, well, maybe not because you've got the whole... Can everybody with a top hat play for the Alchemist? Well, no, Captain Rage can't. But, no, Captain but Rage can't. And regular Rage can't. So we can't. We couldn't quite get everybody with a top hat onto one squad at that point. But that is what conversions are for. So, <laughs> yeah. And uh, but my real answer is, of course, the armadillo. Uh, and uh, one more question here. Uh, what game would you pitch at the Kraken's Den at SteamCon? Now, this is probably my only, really the only opportunity I will have to pitch a game at the at that <laughs> event. So I will, of course, um, I will, of course, pitch uh, the podcasting uh, worker placement game. Uh, in the podcasting worker placement game, you get one worker. And that worker is responsible not only for his day job, but also his getting his podcast out on time. And the uh, the rules say that you need to be in three places at once. So <laughs> implement that. I think I think that's fair. <laughs> I, uh, I will throw my support behind you and not detract mm. any focus. <laughs> exactly. So that's a little bit of uh, maybe that's a little bit of too much information for our listeners, but uh, we do it because we love you. All right, so that I think is going to be our 
our uh, non-Pokemon Go Twitter questions for July 18th, 2016. All right, kids. Uh, like I said at the beginning. Is it time for the monkey song? It's time for the monkey song. And no more passive-aggressive outros for me. Um, we, uh, like we said before at the beginning of the show, we appreciate all of the patience that has been shown with our summer shenanigans. And uh, we will see you at Gen Con. If not uh, there, then on the airwaves shortly thereafter. So, good night, and uh, thanks for listening. Thank you. All right. Knees up. Watch the knives. To join the conversation, comment on the show post at guildballtonight.com or email us at guildballtonight at gmail.com. Bill can also be heard on the Game Punting Podcast. Bill can also be heard on the Gamers Lounge Podcast. Check them out on iTunes. Also, Feel free to give us five stars on iTunes. Every little bit helps. But when you do, don't write a review of the show. No. Instead, just tell everybody why you love Flint so very much. Guild Ball is property of Steamforged Games Limited. The views and opinions expressed by the host and guests are their own and do not represent the official position of Steamforged Games, Yo-Yo Dine Propulsion Systems, Aperture Laboratories, or even the other hosts and guests dogs barking can't fly without an umbrella. Tournaments aren't my thing, but I know a lot of you are into them, so here's a few that are coming up soon. Various events at Gen Con, including the U.S. Championships, August 4th through 7th, Sign up at the Gen Con website. The Huzzah Fall Brawl, October 15th and 16th in Ashburn, Virginia. Information on tiebreak. Events at SteamCon, November 25th through 27th in Leeds, United Kingdom. Information available at the Steamforged website. If you'd like your tournament or event mentioned, in this list, drop us an email at guildballtonight at gmail.com. Include the name, location, date, and best place to get more information, and we'll put it in the show. And now for this week's edition of the Guild Ball Club Roundup. To get your club included in this list, Send us an email at guildballtonight at gmail.com. Include the name, location, and best contact method, and we'll get you in the next show. You'll need to resubmit your club about every three episodes, so keep that in mind. Armada Games in Tampa, Florida. Find them at armadagames.com. South London Wargamers in London, UK. Find them at slwargamers.club. Chelmsford Bunker in Chelmsford, UK. Leeds Night Owls in Leeds, UK. Find those two on Google. 1066 Wargaming in Hastings, UK. 
Capitol Guild Ball at Dream Wizards in Rockville, Maryland, 2x6 Wargaming in Cambridge, UK, Warhammer Gaming Club in Sunderland, UK, Siege Tabletop in Beverly, UK, Sheffield and Rotterham Games Club in Sheffield, UK, Group North Wargaming Society in Adelaide, Australia, War and Peace Gaming Club in Sandy Acre, UK, Outpost in Sheffield, UK, Dark Worlds Gaming Society in Fareham, UK, The Dice Saloon in Brighton, UK, Colorado Guildball Facebook Group in Denver, Colorado, Our House Games in Monroe, Michigan, and the Middlesbrough Gaming Club in Middlesbrough, UK. Find all of those on Facebook. The Bradford Gamers Society. Find them on Facebook. Asgard Games in my hometown, Houston, Texas. Find them at asgardgames.net. Chicagoland Guildball. Find them on Facebook. The Carolina Guildball Association in Charlotte and Raleigh, North Carolina. Information on Facebook. It is time once again for another installment of Ox's Poetry Corner. Bringing down your show with some flash in the pan mobile. Oh! Caught a Pidgey. We need to delete that. Let's go back. (laughs) (laughs) I've got my end of the show quote.